the goal was never to monetize it in any way. Um, so it was always about building a network. So by the, when the time came and there was a product ready, there was people to sell to. Welcome to Social Post, a podcast brought to you by Meet Edgar. Each week, we bring you a guest to inspire your creativity, breathe new life into your marketing strategy, and get you motivated to take action in your business. Whether you're just starting out or a seasoned entrepreneur, you'll walk away feeling like you took your social media marketing multivitamin. Enjoy the interview and remember, what's possible for them is possible for you. And we can't wait to see your success. social post listeners welcome back we're really excited to be joined by andrew today who is going to give us an insight into what it takes to create an awesome podcast he runs a podcast called churn fm and we're going to dive deep on some great strategies to making sure that your podcast can get these great tips that he has to offer so i'll pass it over to andrew to start introducing himself a little bit and we'll dive deeper into podcasting so andrew go right ahead Awesome. Thanks very much, uh, Megan, for having me. First of all, really, really appreciate the invite. It's always great to be able to talk about uh, the work that you do as well. So, um, yeah, so as you mentioned as well, I host a podcast called Churn FM. Um, I started the podcast now over about 18 months ago, I think. And uh, the goal was really for a few different things. Um, one was like I knew I wanted to start a company again. I just wasn't sure what I wanted it to be yet. So I decided to start to build an audience first because I knew in the space that I wanted to operate. So I decided, okay, let me go out and start building an audience, start learning about the problem, start learning about the challenge. Like every interview I do is a potential customer interview further down the line. So it's business development, it's also product development. So I found it like, first of all, just starting out really the, my main motivation was around learning and education and just like wanting to uh, understand the challenges better. So I started the podcast 18 months ago now where I think we've recorded 85, maybe 90 episodes somewhere around there yet. We've released somewhere around there too. Um, and, uh, the podcast actually recently, like a few months ago, we passed over 10,000 monthly listeners. It's been growing from strength to strength and, uh, continues to grow now at the moment. And it's just become an amazing, like learning experience for myself personally. I now 18 months in have figured out what I want to do next and ready to start and launch my own company and have a really good audience and base to start from. So I'm excited about uh, the next steps now and taking it a little bit further. Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. Congratulations on 10,000 monthly listeners. And it clearly shows that you've done the work and outlined this audience first approach in a really effective way. So I'd love to start our discussion with that. What are some of the first kind of, if you've never started this audience first approach to starting something, whether it's a podcast or building an audience with a podcast to start a brand, what are the yeah. first few steps that we can take if we've never done that before? Yeah, so I, I think for me, it was first really just focusing and narrowing down on the niche that you want to tackle and uh, really understand like what is the space that you want to become the best at and understand the best and learn from the best. Um, so obviously, like you can go out and create a new podcast and anybody can start one on marketing or on product and it can become really generic and run of the mill and nothing really separates and segments you and separates you from the rest of the market. So I picked a problem that was very close to me because I previously was a founder um, and had built uh, like three, four different companies, actually sold three, but for peanuts because churn and retention was the killer. Um, and then joining Hotjar as well was put in charge of a team to try and uh, help turn things a little bit around in the right direction for the company and 
really just got fed up of reading blog posts of how like this magical number solved for churn and uh, which uh, is absolute nonsense because I think like it's such a nuanced problem. It's solved in so many different ways. So I picked a problem that I think like was close to me. I really wanted to learn about. It was very specific and niche. So uh, really focus on like B2B SaaS companies. Uh, all my guests tend to have a similar theme around that space. Um, and because it is a problem that people are passionate about. So if you ask any CEO or any uh, like exec at a uh, startup, like what would you pay to get rid of churn and what would you want to do? Like they'll pretty much say anything in the bank. So um, it is a topic and a really motivating uh, topic to learn about and get good at. And it's one of those things that has the biggest key driver for growth. So I saw a lot of podcasts out there, but nothing really giving it the focus and attention it deserved. So that was just really like, just really starting with what was a specific pain point, a specific problem that I was going to help try and educate myself on first, but then also add value to listeners listening to the podcast as well. And that was just sort of the general idea. Oh, that's really cool. I love this idea of making sure not only that you have an interest in it, in this idea that you saw your past self having struggles with churn and retention in some of your companies. So knowing that this was a pain point people had from your personal experience, but also going out and vetting it by asking CEOs things like, oh my gosh, what would you pay to see if people would actually pay for that? So I think those are really good tips for not only yeah. taking your own passion for creating your niche, but doing those audience calls and making sure that you have have a little more concrete information beyond just what you think the passion in the market lies. Um, so that's a really cool tip and something that all of us can do. It doesn't take like a PhD to figure out how to have some of these calls with people. So I love that tip. Um, so once we get our niche and once we narrow it down to this really awesome place where we see a need in the market and we see our passion collide with it, what are the next steps that you took for finding the platforms where those specific audience members are? So that you don't feel like you're stretching yourself too thin being on Facebook, TikTok, LinkedIn, Twitter, and everywhere. How did you decide yeah. what social platforms to start building your audience on? So to be really honest with you, the early days, I didn't really do a good job and a good focus of this. So I just relied a lot on the content, like just that being really, really good and the network of myself and the guests that joining the show. So um, but the podcast itself took a long time to get traction. So I think even like up to episode 50, uh, like the numbers weren't anything special. And I was like asking myself, like, why am I doing this week in and week out? But um, I think the main thing in terms of growing the audience in the early days wasn't really about the channel, but it was more about being consistent, uh, like week in, week out, delivering an episode, making sure it was good quality, and then focusing on the content and the guest. I think more importantly than the channel um, was like sort of, I think what got off that initial traction eventually and really started to build. And now the momentum, it's almost like snowballing uh, after a while because like somebody hears your podcast, they hear the first episode and then they see like another 10 episodes that sound interesting from really good guests. And so I, I spend most of the time I'd say in the beginning really on focused on that was just finding out like who's the best in the industry? Like, who do I really want to admire and speak to about this topic and uh, focus there more than the actual channel? I think the channels were just like our networks and uh, the network effect of them sharing the podcasts and then uh, growing from there. 
Oh, that's really cool that you've seen that network grow with just quality content. And I've seen some of the guests that you've brought on and they are really quality people who have a ton to offer. So how do you actually get these guests, especially if you're someone just starting out and you're not really in your niche yet as an industry leader and a well-known name, how do you start reaching out to get these people who have a quality story and message to share on your own podcast? Yeah. So I think to be honest with you on this part, I was a little bit lucky in the sense that I had a good network to start from. So uh, in the past being like a previous founder, I had set up different uh, networks like calls where I'd have regular calls with uh, different types of people on different topics, uh, which we used to call brain trust. So we had one, a growth call where it was a monthly call and we'd talk about different topics. So a lot of the first guests I had actually came from that, those connections I had. Um, or I had previously been working with a couple of the guests in different um, factors. So I used that. But then what I used from there was really trying to leverage the network of the guests. So when I interviewed a guest, it wasn't just about like that episode. It was like, okay, so it was great chatting today. But who else do you think will be interesting to talk on the topic? Like, who do you learn from? Um, and then trying to get those introductions made for me really opened up like doors to a lot of new uh, guests on the show. Um, and just really started from there. So lucky in one aspect, having like maybe a group of five to 10 good connections, but then really maximizing those connections and opening like up new doors was I think probably the biggest way to get guests. But then slowly, like over time, things have shifted now. So like we get PR teams promoting uh, people at their companies to talk on the show. But if there is still a guest that I want to look, I think the place I found that's absolutely probably the best channel by far is Twitter direct message. Uh, I tried LinkedIn, like I've tried email. LinkedIn is not that bad. Emails very rarely do you come right with like really good guests, but some of the big guests that I've got on the show has just been like a Twitter message, like, Hey, really mind what you're doing. Like I learned this and this and this from you. Uh, would you be interested on the show? And like the response from me, like, sounds like fun. Email me, let's set it up. And I don't know how many times I've received this response from like really top class guests, just Twitter DMing and, uh, uh, I think you need to be thoughtful in the message and like really specific and targeted why you want this guest on the show and what value they think you have to bring. But then that's probably been the number one source of finding guests other than outside of my network where it was just like outreach. Uh, yeah, that's really interesting. This idea of growing your network before you need it, I think is something we all just put off and put off, but it does make a huge difference before you have that product or idea, lay the groundwork and start connecting with people before you're asking anything from them. And I love that Twitter and LinkedIn are really becoming the places that people are seeing communication be a little more meaningful because they can then go consume your profile content, know what you're about, know that you're really serious about the niche and industry you're in if you're producing really quality content on those networks already. So I kind of agree that if someone reaches out to you with those handles attached in a DM, it's a lot easier to understand if you're going to be a good fit on their podcast. So that makes a lot of sense. So you talked a little bit about in that last segment, the fact that things have been taking off and started to grow. And I know that I've seen some ads from Churn FM on social media. Can you talk me through a little bit about how you decided when you were going to start putting some money behind paying for ads to get your podcast out there? and your strategy beyond developing the audiences for who these ads should be presented to? Yeah. So this is something recently we've started uh, experimenting more with uh, now. Uh, like, it's, as I say, like starting to launch a product, like I want to do double down on the podcast. 
a lot of it's also probably to do with the headwinds that we did get from COVID-19. Uh, as a result, I think a lot more people started caring about general retention. So we were a bit lucky in that perspective. It's bad to say that we got lucky in an unfortunate situation, but it did happen to our business or to, our, to the podcast. So we also thought it was a good time now to really try and double down on the momentum and see if we can like acquire new um, listeners from different channels. So we just started experimenting uh, with a simple budget and said, okay, let's see where we can take this podcast and where we can grow. It's like the goal was never to monetize it in any way. Um, so it was always about building a network. So by the, when the time came and there was a product ready, there was people to sell to. Um, but slowly now it's actually starting to pay off in, in a different way. And then in the terms of consulting work um, coming in and really good consulting uh on that side of things so being able to sort of like monetize the show but without ruining the quality of the show without like i always felt i didn't want to add ads to the experience that we're just and i think ads can be done in a tactful and good way but the show so now that we've started to see like some of these things happening and we see okay like there's obviously this huge now demand for the show and it started to grow from not only from a listener perspective but from interest from companies wanting to join and get involved uh, we decided, okay, let's see what we can experiment with. And Facebook was one of the first channels we decided. Um, we did very early, like, put together lookalike audiences and put together, like, we had Facebook tracking pixel on the site from day one. So we already had some sort of an audience for retargeting that we could start to work with and to create audiences off of the back of that. I think that's been a good, successful channel. Um, we've tried other sort of uh, recent experiments now. I think we use zest.is. Uh, that was an interesting uh, experiment as well. Got some really, really good traffic. So at the moment, I think we're just trying to experiment with, and I think our goal at this point is actually to try and increase newsletter subscribers more than anything else. So that's what we're measuring and basing that against, uh, is sort of seeing, okay, like which channels are bringing in the highest quality traffic that's leading to newsletter conversions. Uh, that's a really cool explanation about how a podcast can fit into an entire company structure. Just hearing this idea that you got consulting out, um, you got consulting gigs out of it, and this idea that you can use a podcast to build your newsletter to sell other things. And I think this is a great opportunity to transition to talk about actually how you're developing your new company off of the back of a podcast. How did the podcast fit into that? When did you decide that it was a great time that you had enough of an audience that was engaged enough that you felt like you can launch a new product? or a new company successfully to this audience you built? Yeah. So I think it's less about the size of the audience and was more about just me making sure that I found something that I was confident in that and, and also that I wanted to spend, like I know you're going to need to spend the next five to 10 years working on something. So I've been methodically over the last like 18 months testing out different ideas based on conversations having with various guests. So um, what I was doing was trying to spot patterns inside the conversations we were having to see problems that were emerging at similar companies. And then I had like a process where it would just be create a landing page that looks like it's a real product. Um, uh, and in some cases actually sold people there was a real product. I think Brian Bell for one of the guests, I shared it with him to ask him for some feedback. And he's like, man, you got me like this was, I thought this was a real product. Uh, but uh, so that was sort of the plan. I think I did four of these now to date was really just putting together, okay, this is what the product is, this is what it does. And then off of the back of that, actually doing uh, pricing research, um, trying to understand what the willingness to pay would be, what the likelihood to buy is of the product. Um, and then trying to get like at least 100, 150 respondents minimum 
um, for each uh, test that I was running, in some cases up to 300. And then just sort of seeing, okay, like, is this, is there good fit? Is there certain segments where this is standing out that could, uh, could work? Like, what does the likelihood to buy look like? Is there a willingness to pay? Is there a business that can be built? Like, what are the channels that typically acquire these types of customers from? Um, really trying to see, like, I think Brian Balfour's all talks about, like, the forfeits model, like, um, the product uh, market channel, uh, and then the packaging and pricing. Like, was there a business that could really fit into this, who could build and grow? And then uh, ultimately, like, three of those turned out to be, uh, well, two of them turned out to be duds. One turned out to be good, but it didn't sit well with me from a personal perspective in terms of like ethically what I wanted to build as a company. Um, and then finally now, like I've got to the point where I found something that was a pain point of my own, like uh, currently at Hotjar, I had this problem. I knew it was a problem having spoken to uh, so many guests so far. Um, and it was something that excited me enough as well to say, yes, like this is something I'd want to really be building and you know, getting into over the next like five to 10 years and building it. A cool company around so there was a few criteria that went into it so it was like a methodical process of finding out and and still now to this day it's like okay yes look good landing page looks good like now it's mvp continuing those interviews like after we decided what i want to do i've still probably done another 50 interviews over the last three four weeks uh, i'm going to continue these like as we go now as we launch out the mvp like just constantly iterating on the value that we're delivering and uh, hopefully, uh, we can find those forfeits and we can start to build a company that's uh, going to go in the right direction this time. Yeah, that's really cool. And what strikes me listening to you speak about this is how methodical and process-oriented you are, making sure you're not wasting your time in different areas, but really vetting people not only in your audience, but actually for the purchase power too, by creating that landing page before you even spent the time of creating your product um, makes a big difference so that you don't launch something and then it flops and you get discouraged. But you're also speaking a lot to what speaks to you passionately. And I think sometimes creatives get in this space that they feel like, hey, I want to have a business based on solely my passion that we feel like anytime we do systems, it's taking away from that passion. So I love the way that you're mixing both of those. And I would yeah. love for you to just touch on kind of the mindset aspect of like, what if I am really passionate about getting something out there, but I feel like I am getting overwhelmed with the systems I have to set up and stuff like that. How do you just get started with something so systematized in the way you're doing it? That's making it an effective process for you. I think it's just, picking one task and getting started like it's all about momentum and uh, like if you don't get started you're never going to if you get into that analysis paralysis scenario where it's like there's just a hundred different things and I think I think like for me personally uh, starting a company and becoming like an entrepreneur or starting anything new you have to be slightly delusional to some degree because if you overanalyze like all the different steps that need to happen everything that needs to go right for you to be successful like you'll never get started because like uh, the odds are really stacked against you. Um, but the odds are stacked against you as long as you're not starting. And like every time, every step you take, each new action you do and you drive towards a business, like those odds get better and better for you. And uh, so just getting started and just building momentum. Like, uh, I mean, my, the first podcast people ask as well, like what equipment do you need? How did you get started? Like I just used a set of Apple headphones and I got in a zoom call recorded the episode and that was it and then it's like okay next one like first one I didn't feel it was a great interview like the second one I got better and just getting feedback and just keep moving forward but not being afraid to put things out as well I think 
like sometimes you wait for things to be too perfect and I was very conscious of like the first few episodes putting out listening to my own voice I still don't like it um but uh like I think it's just one of those things you have to sort of say okay like this is what I'm going to do I'm just going to put myself out there I'm going to do it and I'm going to keep going and it's going to get better like uh, and it does get better and um I think that's it it's just like getting started is the number one hurdle I think you need to overcome yeah, I love that. This idea of being a little delusional can be a responsible thing to be for your business is a cool thought. And I completely agree. You'll surprise yourself if you just get started what you can accomplish by seeing yeah. that momentum build up. So that's a really nice thought there. Um, this has been really valuable. And I know our audience is going to get a lot from this. And guys, I will put in the show notes the link where you can go ahead and listen to Andrew's podcast, Term FM, so you can learn a little bit more about what he's doing over there. But to end the interview, I would love for for you to just give one piece of advice that you wish you would have had before starting your own podcast that would have made life easier and to give our listeners some little inspiration to get started if they'd like to create their own podcast and use it to build up an audience. It's a tough one. One piece of advice I wish I had known. I think I was lucky as well in the sense that I had people around me that had started successful podcasts and uh, I started speaking to them first. So I had a lot of good advice. So like a, a good friend, uh, Louis Grenier has a podcast called Everyone Hates Marketers, a uh, really successful podcast. Like I had an opportunity to chat to him about it. I chatted to a couple of other people. So I think going into it, I had a good idea. I don't think I've had any surprises along the way because I spent that first initial like chatting to people. I think maybe if anything, the biggest thing I've learned in terms of acquiring new guests is probably just the Twitter hack. I could say like, that's something I wish I'd known. Like from day one, I would have gotten a lot of guests a lot faster, uh, but it took time to experiment with e sending out emails to try different sources. And uh, ultimately I think it was just a really good personal message on one of these social channels is like the best route to getting uh, some good guests. That makes so much sense. Well, thank you so much for letting us know how you built such a great audience. And I'm so excited to see how this pivot goes for you from taking that audience into building your new company. I will put everything in the show notes, guys. If you want to get in touch with Andrew, it'll all be in there. Thanks so much for listening. Go ahead and let us know how you liked it by leaving a review and subscribing to Social Post today. Andrew, thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Megan. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for tuning in and be sure to keep the conversation going with us on social. We're at Meet Edgar on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So let us know your biggest takeaway from today's episode. And don't forget to tag us. Visit www.meetedgar.com and start a free trial to up-level your social media marketing strategy today. Happy posting.